0: and possibility meet. I can't tell you how many times over the years, especially in the early, the first five or eight years, and I'd have a guest come on and they'd be like, I really like that tagline. And I do too. This is the place where inspiration and possibility meet. And then you take this window of opportunity and apply it in your life. Now, for those of you that are like, okay, that's great, Corinne, but I never make time for it. That's where coaching comes in. We have the ENOUGH group that's going to be starting soon in February of 2022. So go ahead and apply for it because that's the place where we implement it and we integrate it in your life. We take this knowledge and do it for those of us that need support, need a structure or the boundary of time for yourself. The group coaching program is a great place to be. It's in ENOUGH. All right. Today we're talking about, it's the little things. (laughs) We often think that it's the big shaming things that create our pain and our suffering. And quite often when I'm coaching clients, it's the little things that come up that either stir into this shame storm or that one little thing upon another little thing upon another little thing creates this total shit show. So for instance, when I was younger, when I was a kid growing up, how many of you remember your mom saying, "Hang up your towel," you know, when you come home from some practice, hang it up. Don't put it on the ground and then have to go back and pick it up. And of course, I never wanted anyone to be the boss of me, and I didn't want to be told what to do, and I justified in my brain <laughs> that I was too tired to hang up the towel, so I would just drop it on the floor. And then I do that again for afternoon practice, and then the next day, and guess what? There would be a pile of towels which this must've been more like teenage years when I was doing my own laundry, which then would be a drudgery of more and more towels and the obligation of having to do laundry and then things being smelly in my bathroom. And possibly moldy, right? None of that is fun. And if I just hung up the towel on the first time, it would have dried. I could have reused it for the next practice or would have just had a bunch of dry towels and less of a mess. That can be our metaphor for it's the little things. It could be the cream that's pouring out of your container and it's dripping down and the side of the container, but you don't wipe it off and you put it back in the refrigerator and then the mess that gets bigger. These are the metaphors for the shit shows of our lives. And if we just take care of it in that moment, it actually leads to less shit shows. If we own our story about the little things and allow us to process it, it can fester less. So remember the metaphor for shame is that shame is like mold and it festers and grows in silence and dark places. So when we discount this small thing in our life, in our head and say, oh, it doesn't matter much like not hanging a towel matters over time, it will fester and grow. Sometimes it's not that big of an issue of it growing. And sometimes it ends up being mold on something, which is not fun or pleasant. So my invitation is let's, Work on the solution, and the solution is to recognize first that the little things can grow and fester into big pains. And this is why so many of us are experiencing exhaustion right now, burnout, mental health suffering. It's prevalent. I'm not trying to be the joy stealer, I'm just putting it in front of us so that we can recognize it, acknowledge it, and Work on taking care of ourselves so we can have more joy and not just have more joy, but have the capacity to handle the difficult things as well as the great things in our life. And that's the truth of it, right? It's to be able to have the tension of being able to feel all the feelings, not living in the swampland of shame or ignoring it where we hit a wall and then we want to off ramp and quit. So over time, these little things can add up. Or over time, these little things, we keep hearing them so much that they become how we identify them as our truth. So my invitation for you today is to stop discounting them and instead, let's acknowledge them. Owning your story and loving yourself is the bravest thing you can do. That is something that I learned from Brene Brown and I have implemented, incorporated. At first, when... she had sent me years ago, a bookmark that had that saying. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, that's lovely. Oh yeah. I like that. And I was really on the surface, right? Maybe some of you are there with this podcast, like, oh, this sounds great. Don't really understand what Corinne's talking about, but it sounds really great. And then as we keep circling back, as we keep doing this work, maybe as you hear it again, you're like, oh, I'm getting this at a deeper level. The other day, what prompted me to Write about this and and then do a podcast with it with you all. Is I must have said every session with my clients this premise of own your story and love yourself, right? It is the bravest thing we can do. And so often growing up, it was, oh, I don't even want to look at my story. I want to hide from my story. But own our story and love ourselves. This is one of the guideposts that I practice living in and I remind my clients to practice because this is actually where we can create change from. This is actually where we can cultivate the lives that we desire in our hearts. One of my clients said, well, I'm owning my story, but I'm hating myself. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't help because we get into that hating and then there's that judgment and that armor And we wind up giving our power away to somebody else, whether it's that person that you may be having these visual, if you're like me, having these visual gladiating moments of how you're going to take them down, but it doesn't actually help you solve the problem, nor does it feel better. And in fact, it's quite exhausting, right? We have a lot of difficult things that we're all going through. And that's this beautiful thing called life. And then on top of it, we have a couple of years of COVID. We have you know, climate change. We have what's going on in the world. Then we have family and health issues, right? There's all sorts of different layers of things that we're going through. So of course we're going to be exhausted. Plus we have this survival way of overworking, overachieving to finally become enough, right? We're exhausted people. We are exhausted. So instead of hating ourselves and adding more pain. Martha Beck would call it dirty pain to our lives. Let's own our story and love ourselves so that we can move through the pain and cultivate the lives that we desire, or even just have the space to enjoy our life that we have right now. And I get it. I used to hide from my story, (laughs) pretend it didn't happen and hate on myself. Those are survival strategies, right? And then from Brene and then also Kristen Neff, who's been on the show, who's a compassion researcher at the University of Texas, I learned, didn't really believe, (laughs) I was a little skeptical. I was like, what are you talking about, Willis? But it was the importance of compassion and empathy. And the fortunate thing about Kristen or Dr. Neff's research showed that compassion is the biggest motivator for change. And we'll put the links in the podcast, the two podcasts or three that I've done with Kristen in here so you can go and listen to those as well and take some other nuggets. So this is life-changing. Compassion is the biggest motivator for change. And yet we hate on ourselves and yet we beat up on ourselves. When we do that, it keeps us distracted because we're hating on ourselves or beating us ourselves up. And not able to see what's the problem. What is the problem that we need to be solving? We're so into what happened, what didn't happen, what we should have said, but it's not actually solving the problem. And we're getting spinning around in the drama and then possibly a shame storm. So what we want to do is be able to come up with a solution, looking at what is the problem and coming up with a solution. But when we're hating on ourselves and beating up ourselves, we don't have the energy to actually show up and do the work. So when we own our story, you're able to cultivate your own self-trust as you're seeing what is your part and taking ownership of it. And remember when I said, what is your part? Maybe it's an interaction with a spouse or a colleague or a friend or a child. There's your part and there's the other person's part we're not looking for blame, but understanding that we all have parts in it. And I've had many, many guests over the years who would talk about that. It takes two people, right? In that relationship. So owning what is your part? Oftentimes my clients are overachievers and they tend to take on hundred percent or 150% of their part. 150 is not possible because there's hundred percent. Maybe you're more at 90 or 88%. And they're at 10 or 12%, that's okay, right? But there's still parts. What is your part? What is not your part? And when you can own your story and you cultivate that self trust, you're willing to look at the problem in front of you. When we're feeling shame, we want to hide away, oftentimes, right? We want to hide away and distract ourselves because we're feeling this horrible feeling of shame. Or we may. On ourselves, like right, that's the self hating that we do, the self beatings that we do, that inner gladiating. It doesn't actually help us look at finding out ways to solve the problem, to recognize what's going on, what is the obstacle, what is it that we need to do, how is it that we need to be, what are we feeling. So, when we try to disconnect from shame and we're trying to disconnect from our stories, we actually get lost. We create that pile of towels mess. When we own our stories and we're able to see our story, we can actually cultivate a growth mindset of curiosity and learning. And one of the things that Carol Dweck, who's a professor at Stanford, said on the show to me was Corinne, not everybody is all growth mindset or everybody is all fixed, it's a continuum. And we're constantly moving and nothing is one and done and set, right? It's constantly moving. It's fluid. So we can always learn. We can grow. We can have key learnings. <laughs> I laugh because one of my clients had all these key learnings. She's like, but Corinne, I really didn't want to do those things. <laughs> and i'm like but that's okay you had key learnings you're able to see it and we're discussing it and that's what's going to happen over time the more that you look at it without this sense of shame or you're stupid or how did you do that cuz you know better but the fact that hey i did this and here's all parts of my story and i i wanted to not do this and to do that but that would be further sabotaging of myself and so therefore I showed up even though I wasn't feeling my best, even though I did these things. And then focusing on what are you going to commit to moving forward? Okay. So the other option of not owning our story is we go into that survival mechanism and it looks like hiding and numbing where we don't look at, we don't recognize it we're really busy. So we can numb with alcohol, busyness, being on social media, food, right? We don't talk about it. We just shut it down, but it's festering inside of us. Or we can rationalize. And this would be another way of approval whoring where we're telling ourselves like, oh yes, you know, like I've had a really hard week and I really deserve to stay up and watch Netflix until one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) That's kind of people pleasing ourselves. It's people pleasing like our inner rebel, right? Or it could be justifying like, well, that's why I did X. But when we know deep down, it goes against our integrity, right? Like my client had said, she, there's her favorite show and she'd had a really hard day, had to have great conversations at work. And so she, she stayed up really late. And then that on top of overindulging in food that night just led to her not feeling good and being a bit salty this morning, Right. She could have continued on and she caught herself and said, no, I don't want to be further behind, even though I did this. So then we could look at, well, what did she need to support herself? Because, well, in that moment, she told herself she was supporting herself by overindulging in food and staying up late watching a television show. It really wasn't support. Right. So that could be rationalizing. And then the other one is the gladiating, right? Which most of us are very common. We have common experience with this where we're hating ourselves or hating others, blaming and judging ourselves. So when we don't own our stories, we go into survival mechanisms and it's an invitation to let that go. It's going to come back. Sometimes we go into that survival mode and we do it and then we realize like, oh, yes, that note to self, that wasn't very supportive. That's way more compassionate than I'm an idiot. What the hell am I doing? I know better. I'm way too smart to be doing this bullshit. That's not compassionate. Now, again, I want to remind you, we often think that it's the big things that get in our way, but so often it's the little things. And I'm going to talk with you about a few examples to give you some perspective as you look through the lens of your own life, right? This show is about the windows of possibility and giving you context so that you can take these examples and how does it apply in your own life and how can you correlate to then make the changes and to be able to integrate so that you can have the life that you want. And here's something that's interesting is I have clients all over the world. And I say that because we may have different cultures, we may have different religious beliefs. <laughs> My clients drive on the different side of the road than I do. And yet there's still the same human behavior that goes on. Right? We can be different genders and there's still the same human behaviors. There's the same patterns or very similar. And that's with different life circumstances. But we can relate to the same triggers that each other experiences. So it could even be something that, you know, you're really looking forward to something. You really want to go and maybe go and do something and go to the big city, right? So maybe it's New York or San Francisco or London or Paris or Sydney or Frankfurt or Beijing. So for you, right? So for me, my big city would be going to San Francisco if I were to get in the car maybe it's LA, right? Wherever your big city is and you're like, oh yes, I'm going to go do this. We're going to do this outing. We want to go see a show if that's COVID safe in your area of the world. And then you're like, oh, but there's traffic. It's a long drive. How many of you would be like, no, I'm not going to do it. And you opt out. I've done that for years. Like, oh, I want to have more of a fun life, but oh, I don't want to go through those things. Right? And then you sit there and you have a bit of a pity party because it's like, oh, my life is dull and boring and there's nothing to do. It's that little thing that can be that obstacle, right? It can be about finding a parking spot, Years ago, I talked about my whole thing of buying a car had to do with my ability to be able to park in downtown Davis. It's a little small college town that I live in, but at the time there was a lot of parallel parking and I had that big old minivan with the bike rack on the back and I was tired of parking that thing. And so my obstacle that I needed to overcome was I wanted to buy a car that was, I think was it 184 inches. And I wanted something that was easy to park in downtown Davis. I owned my story. I didn't have shame about it. People would look at me. They would judge me like, why 184? Why are you so precise? But that became one of the constraints that I had. I own my story. I totally love myself. Somebody else could own their story and judge themselves like this is stupid or I have too much privilege that this is something I can worry about, right? Own your story and love yourself. If you find that you're feeling vulnerable because you're worried about going into this event and you're not going to know where to park. I know for me, when I go to San Francisco, because the stress goes up because of the vulnerability of where are we going to find parking in terms of the venue? And are we going to pay this? You know, we're going to get taken being, you know, outsiders of the city. And I can think about my clients who live in San Francisco, smiling with me, laughing with me about the brain juice, the cost of my brain juice for that, where they would know where to go. Like when I go down to Berkeley, I now, because I've practiced it so much, I know where I can park and I don't have the stress and the vulnerability that I used to because I've practiced it so much. So finding a parking spot in a big city or in a small college town can dial up vulnerability, which is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. Because what if it's not easy doing that? And then what if you're going with people who think it should be easy, right? Driving into any city around the world has its obstacles. Here's something that's funny because I do live in California and I was recently in New York, but because when I go there, I take public transportation or Ubers or I didn't take the subway this time, but I walk a lot. And I, I'm always, when I was walking around New York city, my brain was like, wow, I would have thought it's only public transportation or they get driven around (laughs) because I don't drive in New York city. My perspective gets daunted a bit, right? So pay attention to those little things and then own your story and love yourself instead of judging yourself. Like that's a really story that I have about New York city, but it's the truth. I've never driven in New York city. And if I needed to, I could figure it out. I don't think I'd want to, but I could figure it out. So notice when that vulnerability comes up and when that vulnerability comes up, what may happen is you may go into shame because you have shame about having vulnerability about something that you are now judging as so insignificant. Again, own your story and love yourself because otherwise we get into these shame spirals and that will affect you and then you will also share it with those that you're planning on doing something with. And you may be like get into this downward spiral and you're worried about them judging you. Okay. And then what happens is this little thing adds to all the other little things in your life. And that is why you become emotionally and physically exhausted. It gets really, really tiring when we have these little voices in our head that are saying things and then we dismiss them and judge them. So instead of thinking that you shouldn't be emotionally and physically tired, of course you are. And yes, it's what we perceive as little things that culminate our exhaustion. I often say small hinges can move big doors and that's for possibility and opportunity. And it also works both ways. Small hinges can move the doors that shut us and trap us in our prison walls. So my invitation for you is, do you want small hinges to move the big doors to open up possibilities or the small hinges to move the doors to keep you shut in your own prison walls? It's also the little things. One of my good friends on Facebook shared a picture of her 15 year old's shoes, tennis shoes, and it had pink laces. And she shared that to find the joy. And my girlfriend said, you know, we're all going through hard times right now, find the joy. And what her daughter has done is to for her ability to find the joy is she has pink shoelaces. So when she looks down, she sees her pink shoelaces and tomorrow they may be purple. And that's how she finds the joy. It's in the little things. So just like the little things that can take us down, it's also the little things that can fill us up. And I thanked her. I said, thank you so much for reminding us that life is hard right now, as well as reminding us that we can find the joy even during this time. I had another client who was brave made a doctor's appointment. And that's not something to discount for some people. That's really, really scary. And that's really vulnerable to go to the doctor's. You know, and then the shorts that they had her wear were a bit snug and there was a shame trigger so much so that that little thing got in the way where she had so much shame about her size and showing up that there were questions that she didn't ask her doctor and she just figured she'd go home and Google it. And this is a very smart, intelligent woman, but it was because of the shame is all these little things that added up to her not being able to get the information she needed because she was feeling so much shame. Another example is just my own, you know, we've said goodbye to 2021, said hello to 2022, onboarded, I gave myself space to onboard 2022. It's been an interesting year and wasn't expecting January to turn out the way it did. I had many plans that got canceled because of COVID. I have some other traveling that's going to be hopefully coming up and back in that spot. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. And even today, my plans for tomorrow got changed because there were COVID outbreaks that have come. So I told my husband a few nights ago, I I looked at him and I said, you know, back in October and November, if COVID were like that, I could handle it. Like, we have to wear masks, but, you know, we can travel. We knew that if we were going to go to an event, if we were going to be able to do it. And it was a little bit more clear of what was okay and what was not. And we feel like we're back to that area. We're not quite sure what is okay and what is not. And some people are like to hell with it. I'm just going to go live my life. And some people are trying to, you know, not get COVID. Some people are like, I'm getting COVID and that's okay." And It's all the range. And so these little decisions. And so, like, throughout the week, trying to figure out what's okay. Do I go to the dental appointment? Do I do this? Do I do that? What's not okay? And without judging myself and allowing myself to be comfortable with what's okay for me, as well as one of my girlfriends was going to go to an ice hockey game today and be comfortable with her experience as well, right? Being clear about what's okay when not what's not okay with each of us. And those are all these little decisions, and it's creating decision fatigue, right? It's continuing on, and it's those little things. And then if it's the judgment of, well, I'm just being ridiculous, right? There's a lot that we don't know, and it's okay. So all of these little decisions are small hinges that contribute to my own exhaustion. And one of the things that I had to realize that, or I came to realize this week was loving myself and what did that look like? So it's not only just how do I talk to myself, how do I treat myself? And so for those of you that have dogs, one of the things that many people who have dogs do is they take their dogs on the walk because they love their dogs. They know their dog's going to get outside and move and they take them. Maybe they take them in the morning and then again at night. How often do we do that with ourselves and get ourselves to move, to nourish ourselves, to be out in nature and wash our brains, to step away from work, right? Instead of the grind of work. So for me, loving myself, owning my story and loving myself is going on a walk in daylight after a long day in the office. And I did that the other day. I was really, it was a long day. I'd hit a wall and I'd made the commitment last week that at that time I was going to go on a walk. And I did, it was gorgeous. I was alone. I consumed a podcast that I considered supporting me. It was a podcast like, okay, this is actually nourishing me. And I gave myself permission to check in with myself afterwards. And because I had a friend who wanted to walk the next morning early and I gave myself permission to say, okay, well, I have the capacity. I don't know. And actually after I went on that walk that night, I realized I don't have the capacity and that's okay. And so I let my friend know. And so we made other plans. And then I did other things of taking care of myself and loving myself. I did some foam rolling, right? And I did it in small moments. I found a class that was was just a short class. It was like 13 minutes. I'm like, I could do that. And then I found another one to work on a different body part. And I did that. Then I felt renewed. So those little things became the big hinges that opened me up versus shutting me down. So remember earlier, I talked about my girlfriend's daughter, her 15-year-old daughter, who put in shoelaces in her tennis shoes. And that little thing brought her joy. And for me bringing me joy and loving myself was not just how I talk with myself and I've got a pretty good practice with that, but it was, okay, what do I need? And it was going on a walk, being outside, being in nature, right? Moving my body, getting some sunlight. The other thing was in this season of January, right? On a sunny day, going outside during my lunch and reading a book and getting some sun. Now in the summer, (laughs) In Davis, California, I will not be going outside at noontime and sitting in the sun. Maybe I'll go outside and sit in the shade, but definitely not the sun. So we all have different seasons of life and it looks different. Right now, my early morning walks aren't happening because the sleep is really, really important. That's another way of loving myself. So I've given you examples of how the little things can start to take us down or put us in those prison walls or those little things can bring us joy, can open us up to the possibilities. And here's the thing. It takes courage. These are all small acts of courage to be brave, right? It's a bit vulnerable when I sit here and talk about COVID because sometimes my voice is like, Corinne, you've been talking about COVID for about two years. People are over it. I get it. But I also know That from the work I do with my clients, from talking with people, with my friends, like there's still so much unknown. I think I saw somebody on Instagram who is canceling their tour, rescheduling their dates right now because of COVID, right? Like it is still there instead of hiding away and pretending it's not, it's still there. And for some people, they may be thinking, I don't want to be talking about it. I get it. It takes small acts of courage to be brave. It takes small acts of courage to be brave and say, oh, I'm feeling vulnerable because of a parking space. And I think people will think, oh, you're ridiculous. That's a parking space. But it takes small acts of courage to own that story. So when we do that, who do we share that story with, right? My clients show up and they share their stories with me, right? Right. They could be mad at themselves, judging themselves that they felt shame or vulnerable and maybe weren't cut out for this work. But when they share the story with me, they're able to put it out in front. We bring in compassion and empathy. And what often happens is that story starts to dissolve and the shame of it dissolves. Versus when we're judging ourselves, right? We want to invite loving ourselves. And that takes courage because judging is a survival of like, okay, I'm going to make it. Loving ourselves takes courage. But (laughs) the obstacle is always, but Corinne, what if I become complacent? What if loving ourselves is permissive? It's not. It's not. Loving ourselves is not rationalizing. It's not justifying. It's really owning our story, owning our part, what we're doing well and what we can improve. And then the other part of the smocks of courage to be brave is we allow common humanity and we realize we're not the only ones. And this is one of my go-to strategies. This is what the show has been built upon, right? If this is possible for them, what is possible for you? If these people have had fallen down moments and then gotten back up and built a business, built a life, built the relationships, you know, overcame whatever obstacles to create the results, If that's possible for them, what is possible for you? So common humanity is you're not the only one. Where else have other people gone through an experience and been able to move through? And this, my friend, is the light that we come out of the darkness with. Brene has a quote from Rising Strong. It says, owning your story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy, the experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. So in closing today, my invitation for you is own your story share it with yourself, say it out loud, write it down. The key is to get it out of your head. (laughs) Keeping things in our head is like being in darkness. Okay. Share it with someone who's earned the right to hear it. A trusted friend who won't be emotionally responsible for you, a family member who won't be emotionally responsible for you. What I mean is if you're in the story of like, oh, you know, I failed. It's never going to happen. I don't belong. And they can say, oh, you know, I see that you believe that you don't belong, right? And they're not trying to come in and fix it. They'll walk with you. They're like the guide dog. So that's what I mean by not being emotionally responsible for you. They'll walk with you. They're not going to take away your pain because that doesn't work as much as we want that to, right? And if you don't have a trusted friend or a family member, or it doesn't even have to be don't have it, but another person to have is a coach. The boundary that we bring is that it's our job to love ourselves. I was texting my girlfriend. I was trying to make a decision about some COVID tests, Right. So I texted her and I said, do you have the capacity to help me think this through? And she said, sure. And so then I wrote, is it crazy, blah, de, blah, am I crazy? And as I was typing, I'm like, oh, here, I've been talking about owning your story and loving yourself. And how am I asking these questions? Is it crazy? Am I crazy? So I said, I changed it to, is it worth it? And am I obligated? right? And then from there, I was able to work on solving the problem, making a decision. I did that again today with her about going to the dentist, right? And as I was typing and getting it out of my head, I was actually pretty near the decision. And then she asked me a couple of things and then boom, it got really clear to me. It'd been bouncing around in my head all week. And I hadn't been able to make a decision until I got it out of my head. So Share it with somebody who's earned the right to hear it. Not somebody who's going to fix it. So they're not going to be emotionally responsible for you, but they care about you and they love you. Share it with yourself out loud or writing it down. And then make sure that you start to create what loving yourself looks like. Today I shared with you walking outside, sitting in the sunlight and reading, you know, taking a bath has become my new thing of 2021 reading, journaling, being, and taking in the sunset. There've been some glorious sunsets and being able to see them and go, wow, and really take it in. Looking outside the window, especially for those of us that are overachievers and are do, do, do. Talking to yourself the way you, for Brene, it's the way she talks to her children. For me, it's talk to myself the way I talk to my clients. It's the most compassionate that I am. One of my clients, she said to me, she goes, I'm going to start talking to myself the way I talk to my dog. I'd much rather have her do that than hate on herself. That is a step in the direction that is going to be owning her story and loving herself. So notice when you do this and how it allows you to see the light, solve the problem feel better and get through. And then there being times you're not going to own your story or you're not going to love yourself. And then you just come back and remind yourself, own your story and love yourself. It's the bravest thing that we do. I'm spelling big for you. Now, before you go, I have some news to share. In 2022, we're going to be offering enough. The group coaching program where we cultivate worthiness, belonging, and connection. And if that sounds like a place you want to be in 2022, go check out Enough. This group coaching program is where we take all the tools and practices that I talk about on how she really does it, and we apply it in our real life, and you'll have support and accountability. No more having to remember to come back and do it There's going to be structure to support you. We will integrate these tools into your life so that by the end of our time together, you actually live them in your bones. It's not just something you think about doing. It's not something that you just read in a book or you'll eventually read in a book. (laughs) It's not something that one day you'll do. It's now. And the delightful bonus for you We're going to have a safe community with others for you to connect and thrive and belong so you can practice living your life from enough deep inside of you. Go check it out at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. We are currently accepting applications and we'll be reviewing them in January. I'd love to have you join us in Enough.